was like the real game changer Yeah, that allowed me to unlock, um, you know, different doors for myself. And I even think like to go back to the cert, I just think about different women who invest a much, much smaller amount. It's such a smaller barrier to entry for the cert, mm-hmm. um, but how it opens doors for them. And I thought like, if these women are investing this amount of money to get certified, I need to kind of put my money where my mouth is and take a big bite here and totally go for it. So I encourage anyone who's listening, who needs help. Um, I think it's really important to like, think of your future self and what you need and to not be afraid to spend money to get there. Um, because yeah. you can either just be like scared forever, or you can get help and grow. Or just do it. Welcome to the build with Brayback podcast where we dig deep into real, raw, and honest conversations with people that are making moves, making change, and making their own version of their very best life. And teaching you how to build the same. Covering all things health, wellness, anti-diet culture, body positivity, and so much more. Here's your host, Amanda Brabeck. Hello, hello, hello. This is Amanda and welcome to the Build with Brebeck podcast. I am extremely nervous, but also just so excited. Um, I'll do another episode down the road, kind of really diving into the journey that led me to wanting to start this project. Um, But in the meantime, quick little intro and then we'll get into the good stuff. All right. So again, my name is Amanda Brabeck and I am a fitness instructor and personal trainer in Boston. And I spent a lot of my life um, kind of having a hard time really defining who I was. I moved around a lot as a kid and uh, as a teenager, which I think kind of had an effect on that. But um, in my 20s, you know, a couple years ago and obviously still a work in progress, I really started to come into my own to recognize that I spent so much of my life really trying to fit into a box or trying to be whoever I thought other people wanted me to be. And the second that I stopped doing that, And the second that I realized that I really had control over what my life looked like, my life changed and so many different doors opened. And I think that that's possible for every single person. It just takes, you know, some time to get there. Um, And then recently this year with everything that we've been going through, Um, It's really given me a chance to have some really genuine connection with a lot of people. And the more that I was vulnerable and opened up about insecurities or, you know, struggles, this and that, more people responded and were so honest and open with their own. And I came to realize as women – There are a ton of things that we go through that no one talks about. So with that, we're going to talk about it. No more worrying about what people think, what people want us to do, what people want us to be. We are leaving that behind. That is some 2020 energy, baby. We are moving forward with confidence, with genuine connection, being real, being raw, being honest, and really making moves to create the lives that we're going to be happiest in. All right. So I'm really, really excited to have Eliza on the podcast as my very first guest. Um, You'll hear a lot more about why that is in just a few minutes, but I really hope that you guys all relate to her stories, um, that you pick out some good nuggets of information and that you genuinely enjoy listening to her as I do so much. You know, we really get into a lot from how she started her business, Kick It by Eliza, how it really pivoted and changed into a booming virtual community 
um, during COVID. And then so many other things like body positivity, confidence, how to really build that life that you've always dreamed of and what that takes. All right. So without further ado, let's get into it. You guys ready? I'm so ready. Let's do it. I am so excited and honored to have this woman on as my first podcast guest as she really facilitated my entree into the fitness world. You might know her in Boston as the Kick It Girl or on Instagram for having the best curl since Carrie Bradshaw, maybe even better than. She's the creator of Kick It by Eliza, a music-driven and kickboxing-inspired fitness method that has been featured in Teen Vogue, Self, Glamour, Pop Sugar, The Improper Bostonian, and many, many more. She has headlined Boston fitness event series like Seaport Sweat and Boston Magazine's Boston Wellness Classes, not to toot my own little horn over here, and um, taught at large-scale events like McUltra's Fit Fest in Scottsdale, Arizona. Since its creation as a college rec class at UMass, she has certified over 400 women to teach this method and has created a thriving virtual community to keep up with the current COVID times. Welcome to the pod, Eliza Shirazi. Thanks. I need to steal that bio. That was the <laughs> <laughs> to people. <laughs> I tried so hard. Did I miss anything? No, honestly, better than what I usually cover. So thank you for of course, of course. So like I said, you were my kind of like Sherpa in my fitness, <laughs> my fitness journey. Like I found Kick It. I don't even know how I found it. I do know one of my coworkers at Boston Magazine, Alexa Burroughs and Julia mm-hmm. brought me to a class and then I went to a few more classes and then I was like, okay, I'm going to do something crazy and I'm going to get certified. And it was so scary, but you really like have a way of making people feel comfortable. I know probably almost everyone listening to this already knows like your background, but just in case, let's do quick little the birth and journey of sure. by Eliza. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I feel like, um, yeah, some people listening probably are going to say it with me. Like they yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, totally. but yeah, for, for those of you who, who aren't familiar, happy to do a recap. So, um, I'll back all the way up. I'm from Central Mass and grew up dancing. And um, in high school, I was dancing competitively. So naturally, when I went to college, I was like, yeah, I'm going to try out for the dance team. Like, mm-hmm. duh. Um, I tried out twice. I went to Mass Amherst. I tried out twice, didn't make it twice. So had to figure out what I was going to do because when you're a college student, you're just trying to kind of, you want to find your little place in the college world. And totally. um, I was kind of stripped of, that dance world when I didn't make the team because my only other option was to like dance in my dorm room. So I figured yeah. what's something kind of close to that. And it was group fitness. And I tried um, a step aerobics class and I really loved it. I had gone to some classes, group fitness classes um, in high school, but would never went regularly or anything, but mm-hmm. found it at UMass Amherst my freshman year. And it just gave me the same kind of um, high that dance would give me, which was like the community and moving in sync with other people and choreography. Mm-hmm. And I just really loved it. And it's actually a super natural progression for dancers um, or people that come from any kind of like musical background to go into fitness um, totally. because it's very similar in so many ways. Mm-hmm. So I started Kick It my freshman year and I loved it. And it was totally just for fun. Um, and I was studying communication and public health. Um, and the fusion of all those three things was just kind of like the perfect storm. Although when I graduated, I really wasn't sure if I was going to keep teaching. It wasn't my goal. I started working at Brigham and Women's Hospital after after college and um, taught on the side. But it, it was like that little voice in my head that was like, you know, see if people want it. <laughs> see yeah, if, yeah. if anyone's interested. <laughs> and, uh, it was kind of... I I think like 2013, 2014 was kind of when boutique fitness was like reaching its fullest potential. Um, And Mm -hmm. that was really good timing for me because I had a class that performed really well in these kind of uh, studios. So yeah, kind of perfect storm and social media was starting to get big around then 2013, 2014. So there were a lot of things that were playing in my favor. I love it. And I feel like 
to go like right off of that, like right where you started um, when you left your full-time job. Like, I feel like there's such a pressure, especially in those years where like, you're still not totally sure of like where you fit in in the world. You're transitioning out of your college bubble, especially when you go to a state school like that. Like I went to UNH and like, that definitely was huge. And, you know, your parents are telling you one thing, you're seeing all, you know, your friends or people they went to college with Mm -hmm. all getting these jobs and you're supposed to follow a specific career path. Mm -hmm. So like having that voice in the back of your head, how did you like make that jump of like, all right, I'm going to just do it full time. Let's party. Yeah. It took a while for me to say, let's party, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But um, yeah, I took the, I took the job at Brigham and Women's because I felt like it was the right thing to do. And to work for an institution like that felt right. really special. And it was, I mean, it absolutely hundred percent helped, you know, helped me launch into going into full-time with kick it in many ways. Yeah. Um, but did I take it because the pay was good? No, I was getting paid pennies, like yep. pennies. It was the equivalent of Peace Corps, but in Boston, like the yep. Climb Corps. And so, you know, I didn't do it for the money. I did it for working for the institution and learning from, you know, really great leaders there. Mm-hmm. But that voice was so strong in my head because I knew that I could make more of myself than, you know, like the money I was making there and also grow from learning from these leaders. I knew that freedom wasn't my last stop. I I really, in my gut was like, this can't be it. (laughs) Yes. Grateful for it, but this can't be it. Totally. Um, Totally. And so that kind of attitude or that mindset, that's what kind of pushed me to keep exploring. Um, And it took me, I think three years, three or four years before I stopped working at the Brigham. A lot of people didn't even know I worked there, honestly. I was living like a double life. People thought I was doing kick it full time, like right from the jump. Um, That wasn't, that wasn't true. Um, So yeah, I think it was like three or four years after I finally was in a good financial situation to take the leap and leave my job behind. My job was also grant funded and the grant was running out. So good timing. (laughs) take out the door. Yeah. Like, yeah. See you later. Um, so yeah, it was a wonderful launch pad, but, um, I almost wish I left sooner. Um, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs will tell you to like, just do it and just, yeah. um, but you know, I, I was really young and wanted that check every week, even though it was yeah. teeny, but it meant something. Right. And, um, you learn, you learn throughout the years when, when it's right for you. Yeah, totally. Well, I think that's important because like you said, like, you know, you see the highlight reel of social media and some people probably even maybe still to this day, I think that you do a good job of like showing the behind the scenes, but in general, it can look a lot like, you know, whether it's fitness or whatever, oh my God, you know, they have so much free time. All they do is like teach a couple classes here and there and like take some social media posts, like what a life when really like it can look a lot different. <laughs> yeah, especially when it's your full-time thing. And I think that for people who have, um, I don't want to say regular and normal because I hate that, but who yeah, yeah. in like maybe the corporate world and teach on the side, that is true. Like they are just teaching a couple of classes and it's their passion project. And yeah, that's wonderful. That's awesome. Um, but for people who do it full time, it looks very, very different. And totally. you're not just a fitness instructor. There's so much more behind the scenes. So it's, I understand that so much because people even now will be like, oh, so you're a fitness instructor. I'm like, that's a part of my job, but that's right. not, not, that's not my title. That's right. <laughs> I didn't go into it. But in my head, I'm like, I get why people think that. And I understand totally. It definitely confuses people when they en- when they enter the industry because they're like, oh wait, this is a lot different than I expected. <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. Especially with like Instagram and everything. Yeah. I feel like yeah. I mean, and the people that go into it for just that of like, yeah. oh, it looks really cool on Instagram and like, right. oh my God, some companies like send you some free stuff. Like, yeah. Those people probably aren't gonna last very long in it. Yeah. But, yeah, um, so what is a typical day now 
look like for you? So I know things have changed with COVID and everything. Oh my gosh. My days are so much different than they were a year ago. And yeah. kind of like compare what was going on a year ago to now. So um, teaching in person was my absolute jam. I mm-hmm. did some filming um, and hopefully will in the future too with a company in New York to do on-demand classes. But that was kind of just like a nice little accessory to kick it. It wasn't totally. the, the main dish. Um, and so I was running around teaching at different studios. I had a pop-up location in the seaport in Boston mm-hmm. and I was just always on the go. Very, very here, there and everywhere sort of thing. Um, and when COVID hit, I had to obviously go virtual fully. So, um, I really value my time filming with this company in New York for on-demand stuff. Cause it sort of taught me how to do virtual, although I was, I'm doing it on a right. much smaller scale, like they're a full production team, but still getting to, to learn from them was very valuable. Yeah. Um, yeah, and- like how would you have ever been able to know? It's so funny yeah. to think back. Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I was making YouTube videos in like my dorm room in college. And that was really the last time I self-produced like yeah. actual workout videos. <laughs> um, I think that maybe you should bring those back. They're up there. People can find them. They're really embarrassing. They're there. <laughs> I might have to look them up after. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So now my days are a lot different um, because when I transitioned virtual, it wasn't just about me. It was how do I make sure my instructors have an opportunity to mm-hmm. make income and teach and um, same as me, like not have to rely on other gyms to do their job or, or do their passion, um, right. you know, if they're teaching on the side. So um, now I'm really in charge of managing a lot of instructors. I'm in charge of creating a really great virtual experience. Um, so it's part like tech, part logistic, part management, right. part creation. <laughs> still this similar to what I was doing before, um, except all of my energy is going into Kick It versus into other gyms or studios. Right. Um, and my days look different every day, but that's kind of like the the gist of it. Yeah. So when COVID hit, what went through your mind and what were the the days and weeks like after figuring it all out? Yeah, I was, um, I was actually in LA when, um, stuff started to shut down Mm -hmm. and I didn't even, I was like, can I even go make it back to Boston? I changed my flights like three or four times to get home sooner because I really didn't know if I'd be able to get home. Um, and I also had a kick it certification planned for, I think like a late March or something. Yeah. I got a call from the gym saying, Hey, we're shutting down. We're going to have to cancel, you know, all events. Yeah. Um, got a call from the kind humans over in the seaport who (laughs) managed the building and said, we have to shut down immediately. Um, and it's really interesting. Like I think of times in my life when I've been under like severe pressure like this, which hasn't been often, but, um, I think this is like so extreme, but in the same kind of, um, feeling when it was the Boston marathon, I was Mm -hmm. actually near the finish line and it's like the bombs went off. And for whatever reason, I could, I was with my mom and I could like hold it together super well. And I form and I could get us out of there. And I, I just remember being so calm, cool and collected. Cause my mom was not. <laughs> yeah. That fight or flight. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, it was a, this, a similar feeling when I was in LA, I just remember getting these calls back to back and it's like, these bombs were going off Yeah. like, okay, no, it's, it's cool. Like I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. I flew home, uh, got to work the day I got back to Boston uh, didn't sleep for like two weeks, similar to the Boston marathon. I like did what I had to do. And really the stress came after everything was built Mm -hmm. and like similar to marathon times when I went back to UMass and I was in my dorm room and I, I was like, you know, three weeks out from it. That's, that's when stuff feels really stressful for me. So I'm really good at fighting in the moment. Um, but I, that also means like I suppress everything else going on. So Mm -hmm. The weeks following, so March, April, like April, May was not easy. Things were built and things were running, but I was dealing with my own personal anxiety and stress. And also 
I was, and I am right now actually too, I was up in Maine. So I, mm-hmm. I had gone and left the city. So it's a, it was a lot to deal with, but in the very yeah. moment that it was happening, it was, I got this, like, I know how to, I know how to do this. I have the strength to do it, but on the back end, it's like, that's when damage control was like very necessary. Yeah. And I'm totally the same way. Yeah. Like I can get everything done and like tell myself like, it's all good. It's fine. And then yeah. like, once you have a chance to stop and sit, yeah, then the stress just takes over. Definitely. But um, I feel like you are really open on at least like on social and stuff, which I think yeah. is so important about your struggles with anxiety. And, you know, obviously the stress of pouring your heart and soul into your own business. Yeah. So what are some things I guess, like specifically during these times that have kind of helped you manage all of that? Uh, I think putting Or if my- you're not managing, then yeah. like, that's okay too. And- I'm still trying to figure it out, honestly. Right. Um, I think putting my phone down, which should have always been a thing, but right. just like very aware of that now because everything is virtual and it's so much easier to be attached right. to your phone. So putting, putting like my phone or computer down, if I'm really feeling anxious, uh, not feeling bad about taking time to breathe or time off. Like, I feel like pre COVID, I would feel so bad if I wasn't doing work during normal work hours. Mm-hmm. And now I give a shit, but I don't give a shit if, if I like want to take a breath. Um, right. Like, I mean, my hours are weird anyways. And so trying to fit it into like a nine to five box just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So giving myself grace, knowing that I can take breaks whenever I want to, like I'm my own boss. Right. I have been for many years. Like I can take a chill pill, but like that, I know. that's been really important. Um, and then the other really big thing is going outside because it's very easy for me to stay inside day after day after day during mm-hmm. this time, especially. So just like making it a point to just like go for a walk, even if it's for 15 minutes is super helpful. Um, if I don't do these things again, it just kind of like catches up to me in really weird ways. Like the latest, the newest thing during COVID with my anxiety, <laughs> the new exciting thing, yeah, the new exciting thing is I think I'm fine. And then I go, I go for a drive or or I'm going for like a long drive, say I'm going back to the city or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I get really anxious when I'm driving because it's a moment of silence. Yeah. Like it's a moment when there are no distractions. That's super telling to me that I'm like having, I have to like reconfigure my schedule and what's going on. Um, and that was actually one of the biggest things that happened when I, after like I built everything virtually, mm-hmm. I, I just remember it so specifically. I was driving up to Maine and I had such a bad panic attack because- Ugh my mind was finally like, let's look at everything that's going on because you don't look yeah. at it ever, you know? Right. Let's reflect. <laughs> yeah. Let's reflect as we go on times. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I've had to really work hard. It sounds really weird, but when I'm driving to like really just be mindful and not let my anxiety totally attack me and also not wait for that moment in my car to like right. reflect like, right every day, go for a walk, put my phone down, those things I was mentioning yeah. so that it doesn't just eat me up when I'm, I'm driving. Totally. And like in this last year that we have had yeah. as much as it's 2021 and we want to pretend like yeah. last year never happened. Like, I feel like all that stuff is just so much more emphasized. Oof, yeah. Because Everything our worlds have been, up. yeah, our worlds have just been turned upside down, yeah. but I mean, I'm definitely the same way, like, especially in the beginning where after like I got laid off and like trying to figure out what the hell I'm going to do. And it also felt like a really long snow day. So I just was like treating my body like a garbage can. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is a really long snow day. And then, you know, we realized, okay, this is going to be a while. So we have to cope. Um, But okay, on that same token of like, being open and honest. I feel like that's like a huge thing in your brand. Like I know you talk about kind of like, um, why you even started kick it the way that you did was so much about women empowering each other and accepting each other. So let's dive into a little bit of some of that. So I know that you talked about imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. a little bit, how 
did that kind of like play a role in your like fitness career life? Do you still kind of get plagued by it every now and then? How do you deal? All the things. Imposter syndrome is really interesting. I see it a lot when we host certifications because Mm -hmm. I mean, this is very classic. People want to step into this kind of leadership, but they don't think they're good enough to do it or fit enough, whatever that means to them, um, or strong enough or, you know, whatever. So, um, for other, for other women or people who want to do the certification, like the, that's when I go so hard on social media with explaining or trying to explain to people Mm -hmm. that you don't have to fit a certain mold or know everything. Um, or even if it's current studio owners or current trainers that, you know, if, if this like seems interesting to you, you don't have to be too proud, you know, like you can still learn and you can still be a part of this community. So, um, Imposter syndrome is really interesting when I'm training and helping other instructors, you know, develop into what they want to become through the certification. Mm-hmm. But for myself, um, imposter syndrome comes out not as an instructor, but it comes out as a business owner. And mm-hmm. I think that's just because I started this in college. And so right. I've always kind of had this mindset um, up until like maybe honestly recently, like this 2020, we'll call it. Um, that this is a lot bigger than I give it credit for and not to like downplay things or think that I can't achieve like the next grand goal that I want to achieve. Totally. So imposter syndrome definitely comes out in that sense. Um, and it's something that I've worked on so hard in 2020 um, pre-pandemic. And then when the pandemic hit, it was like, no time to like be right or sad about your imposter syndrome. You either go for these things. Right. Um, but it's something that I I actively work on is to kind of shake and like, I'm almost 30, which is so weird, but I know, you know, I I've been teaching since college. So I'm continuously trying to shake that kind of like collegiate mindset, you know, that it's just this cute little thing. Totally. Totally. So how do you, shake it do you kind of just like try to like slap yourself out of it do you do like affirmations yeah um I spent a lot a lot a lot of money on a business coach (laughs) that's perfect and I actually um I hired her before COVID and Mm -hmm. the she specializes in online businesses which was a part of what I wanted to do in 2020, but it actually wasn't my focus. Yeah. Um, so the stars just really magically aligned when I decided I'm going to invest in hiring somebody and it was in January and then March hit. And That's I was so actually in LA with her when all of this happened. So it was really weird. And that is so weird. I just kind of like trusted my gut in uh, January of 2020. and was like, I need, I, I need to, I need help and I need someone to help me take it, take it further and also help me reframe my mindset about stuff and what I want to do and where I want to go. And it was beyond valuable. Um, Like I I can't even put a dollar amount on it. Like financially, it was really a beautiful ROI, but Mm -hmm. for my heart and my mind, (laughs) that was like the real game changer that allowed me to unlock, um, you know, different doors for myself. And I even think like to go back to the cert, I just think about different women who invest a much, much smaller amount. It's such a smaller barrier to entry for the cert. Mm -hmm. Um, but how it opens doors for them. And I thought like, if these women are investing this amount of money to get certified, I need to kind of put my money where my mouth is and take a big bite here and totally so I encourage anyone who's listening, who needs help. Um, I think it's really important to like, think of your future self and what you need and to not be afraid to spend money to get there. Um, because yeah. you can either just be like scared forever, or you can get help and grow. Or just do it. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. feel like it's kind of like what you're saying before, you know, like with the, um, like fitness instructors that also want to then learn to be a kick instructor. Yeah. Like, don't be proud. Just yeah. keep on learning and definitely <laughs> better. Definitely. Yeah. And um, I think what's really interesting is since I finally got Kick It accredited by NASM and AFA, that's been a really eye, big eye opener, I think, for 
instructors or trainers or studio owners who were kind of just like watching on the sidelines and thought that the cert was interesting. But I think having that stamp of approval from fitness providers has been really helpful. Yeah. Um, you know, like for me, it's just kind of like, okay, we can check this off the box that we have it, but if it adds comfort to, for you yeah. know, our trainers or, or studio owners, then, then that's great. And, um, having instructors, current instructors and studio owners go through the, the cert, um, this past year has been just really cool because they've found so much value out of it. Um, and again, it is a little bit about like, you know, putting your ego down and not being too proud. Um, yeah. it's just kind of new opportunities. Yeah, definitely. Wait, so with the certification this year, so obviously it changed to all virtual, Yeah, which I'm sure was kind of a tough transition, um, but you also added some new things to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the cert um, was in-person pre-COVID right. and um, uh, I loved that experience for people. I really, and I loved it, you know, for myself, they're always really fun, empowering days, but mm -hmm. um, when I got back to Boston um, from LA, not only did I have to translate everything virtual for classes, but we had a cert in March. So I was mm -hmm. like, great, now let's throw putting a cert online too. Let's right. do it. Plenty so, of time. This, yeah, days. this is like when I blacked out. This is yeah. a blackout period. <laughs> Literally. Um, so what's been really cool is that, gosh, I sound like I did like maybe 10 minutes ago, but I wish I did this sooner. I wish I did this sooner because I'm able to provide so much more content and value uh -huh. through doing it online. There's a whole online um, platform where everybody ha who signs up has access to it with videos and PDFs and modules. And it's just so much better than like the manual that people would get sent via Google drive. Like this yes. is like actual learning program. And, uh, the other thing that's great is that people who couldn't necessarily coach during our trainings when they were in person are not now able to do it virtually. So I have guest speakers who come in and, um, chat with the instructors or instructors in chain in training that would have never been able to fly to Boston and right. do that. So the value has gone up like times a million and it actually allowed for a continuing edu education program for instructors who want to opt in. So basically all of the instructors who are teaching virtually right now, they get once a week coaching sessions and a whole nother hub where they could do continuing education, which I would have never been able to do. Yeah, that's amazing. COVID. So um, like this is speakers, some of you, well, you in specific, Amanda will know, like George <laughs> to, to coach and, 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 you know, speak to the instructors who are part of this continuing ed program. Mm -hmm. um, producers from Pop Sugar have come on to help coach these instructors who are in the continuing ed program. So like all of awesome. these wonderful people who can help them develop, whether they're teaching Kick It or something else, it's, that was my goal for 2020 actually was creating a platform like that. So to see that come to life was like, yes. Yeah. And the pandemic just kind of pushed me along to, to do all of it. So, right. Yeah. Like there wasn't any more time to waste. You kind of just had to figure it everything out. And yeah. Yeah. Everything at once. So a lot more value has been provided to people um, because it is online. And again, it's like that same thought of like, I wish I did this sooner, but I know. But yeah, you can't live like that. Right. Um, no, that sounds amazing. And I would imagine gives people like a lot more chance to digest everything. And like before, you know, you want to take a bunch of classes to like practice before you get to the certification. And right. now it's like right on their screens too. So right. yeah. And if they to... you know the, the cool thing too is if people want to take classes before or after they can literally they can click a button and with our virtual membership, right. they can do that. They don't have to like schlep here there, try to find a class. It's like everything right. is so much easier to navigate. Yeah. It's awesome. Which is funny because it's like there were people that lived like way outside the city that would like fly there after work to try to get to the yeah. seaport, drive around, try to find parking. There yeah, were there the people. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't ever want to do that again. Yeah. Um, just for that part. But uh, weren't there people that like flew from different areas of the country to get certified at some points too? So 
yeah, in March in specific, I think we had two or three women who were going to fly in, um, which obviously that they did not fly in because of right. COVID. Yeah. Um, but um, in this past year with certifications, we've had people from all of the, all over the world get certified, which yeah. never have been. So cool. I, it would have been possible, but I never would have done it as soon as I did because of, you know, COVID just pushing me along. Right. That's amazing. You know, it kind of was like the big why of like why you started was that yeah. empowerment and the inclusion. Right. Um, and so like what, I guess, describe like what kind of women you have seen, just kind of how you were talking, like you don't have to be in a certain box. Like I feel like even just in my certification, there were so many different yeah. ages and races and yeah. jobs and body types and all of that. Yeah, I think it's really hard for me to put into words sometimes, but when I started teaching in Boston, when social media was becoming a big thing, it was just really annoying that people thought they had to be one type of human to teach because mm -hmm. there were women in my classes who could definitely teach the class better than I could. Um, but didn't necessarily look exactly like me, you know, mm -hmm. and that was just kind of like, I wonder if they'd be interested in teaching this. Like, what are their biggest barriers? Like, why, why aren't they teaching? They're so good. Or just, right, I could right. see potential in them. And I just never understood why people wouldn't want to take the leap themselves to teach. So um, during the first year that I did certifications, which was 2016, it was just really eye-opening to see how scared people were, like interested, but scared. Yeah. And still, I mean, to this day, people are interested, but sometimes scared. Mm -hmm. And that really ignited the fire of like, I want to show people and I want to teach people that they can do this and that they don't have to be a certain age, race, body type. Um, and so that's kind of like the people who I attracted because that's what I, that's what I was going after. Um, I was also always thrilled to have people who are already instructors or yeah. again, like these studio owners or people already in the field, um, because that makes for really great company for a community to be filled with both. Totally. Um, so now what's really interesting is that <laughs> as I've gotten older, my demographic has gotten older with me, which is uh -huh. really cool. Um, for sure, there are still college ladies who get certified because we have students who are instructors who are students and teaching kick it. So we still right. have that happening. But I think there's more trust in the program, the more mature it's gotten and the more mature I've gotten. So right. We, there is such a sweet spot for moms now who do the certification where it's like, yes, I love that finally, so much. People are seeing the light. And I think it just took time for them to trust me or me to yeah. read them in an authentic way. Like I get it when you're in college or just graduated college um, or a few years out, you know, moms are probably like, that's cool what she's doing. Like, right. I'm going to do that. But, you know, like the older you get, and if you have a, a following that kind of grows with you or grows up with you, it starts to open up different doors, the older yeah. you get. Um, and again, I think like a really special thing is that we do have college students who are instructors. So it still inspires that younger, younger crowd. But mm -hmm. I just want to show people the way. <laughs> I just really want to show people what they're made of. Yeah. And the kick it sir is like the vehicle to do that. Like, do I love that they learned mm -hmm. the boxing and the kickboxing, the technique and the anatomy? Yes. That's so important. And I love that. And it's important. They like, you know, have that standard as an instructor met, but it's really right. about like, you can do things you didn't think you could do. Um, yeah. that's really inspiring for me to watch happen. Totally. I mean, I think it definitely takes for some people, not so much because some people are just like totally built to yeah. like be putting themselves out there. But for so many people, for myself, I mean, I don't know if you remember the first couple of times that I taught, but I was like the quietest little church mouse and was so yeah. afraid. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of crazy how just putting yourself out there like in a different way, just a few times can really like open up so many doors in other aspects of your life too. Yeah. And uh, yeah, again, builds like, confidence, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's why I try to get across with the cert too, is like, it's not just about learning how to teach the class and doing it really well. It's about public speaking skills and gaining confidence and leadership. It's, 
it's so much more. And there's a lot of noise in the fitness space. So, um, you know, for people who listen or, or know me, this is repetitive, but it's like, it takes so many times to get that across to people in so many different ways, because it is such a saturated market. Mm-hmm. Totally. Body image. Yeah. In the fitness world as a fitness instructor. Yes. In the women that you certify. Yeah. Okay. Have, do you, have you, do you still ever deal with body image? things Mm -hmm. as an instructor and like putting yourself out there on social during class it's it's very like I'll tell you my personal side of this and then yeah yeah, yeah. but um physically I've always been just like a small human the Shirazis are small small. um and what's been really interesting is that although I've remain small my body has changed yep college which is so weird because I'm not kidding in college I was literally wearing the same clothes that I was in high school and middle school like my I just never really grew up yeah (laughs) so um it's been really interesting as I think maybe like my mid 20s late 20s I mean I'm 29 now so whatever like the past few years seeing my body kind of transform a little bit. Like my hips are a little bit bigger. Yeah. Um, I have a little bit more cellulite on my ass. Um, mm-hmm. My arms are a little more jigglier if you yep. <laughs> Um, But it's, it's just so interesting because I've, I've never really felt terrible in my skin um, because it's really about how like I'm actually feeling like do I feel healthy do I feel like I can perform well um and that's really outweighed like do my arms jiggle a little bit more than they used to are my hips a little bit wider than they used to it's yeah I've always really measured my body as how it performs yeah and And that's great that's what more people should be doing yeah exactly and I think that as I've welcomed this idea of like body positivity in a real, real way, mm-hmm. learning from other women who get certified or not even who take class and seeing them wear a sports bra and not have, you know, a six pack or mm-hmm. you know, we do our arm series, their arms jiggle too. And it's just yep. like that relatability. Like yep. that's been really comforting for me too, which I don't even know if they know that's comforting for me, but like that is so comforting knowing they feel comfortable in this space to just wear what they want and let their body just like move how it wants to move. Yeah. So when I look in the mirror, I'm like, it's cool. Like I, there are more women than not who have bodies that change, you know, as, yes. they, as they get older. So that's kind of been like my personal, like very recent journey with yeah. stuff. Um, and I'm sure that'll continue to change as I get older, you know, like right. change um, and just kind of, again, being comfortable in how it feels and performs versus like 0% body fat, you know? Totally. Um, but I think like taking that and putting it in one box and then thinking about just like fitness in general, um, I think it's just a little sickening how the industry has put on a pedestal one type of body type um and I don't I don't think it's I I don't I'm not trying to shame people who are you know super quote-unquote fit or muscular right that's not that's not my feeling towards it it's just when um it's just when like that's the only body type shown or something it's really annoying especially when you know that person, when that person on social media, or how do we really know, but you think that person on social media, like may actually have body image issues or like over exercises, you know, like barely eats and shares that they barely eat or like, like patterns Mm -hmm. that are toxic that are shared with followers. And then they post a picture of themselves and then they're celebrated. And you're like, wait, why? that's not right. That's not right. You know, yeah. things in a healthy, safe, honest way. That's different. I just think that social media does such a good job of like masking who's doing it safely right. and healthy and who's doing it with like maybe some issues that are underlying that no one sees. And like, that's really dangerous. That's yeah. Really dangerous. Um, 
especially when there are so many people watching and so dangerous. following <laughs> yes yes and um it makes me so it just like that stuff that stuff like really infuriates me mm-hmm. um because women or those who identify as women and want like this perfect body type that's dangerous yeah and it's not real <laughs> so it's like how do you cut through the clutter when people right. are still, like under this spell of like that's what so-and-so is doing or this is what this company's doing and works for them it'll work for me um yeah that becomes really dangerous totally but I think also like you know you said it best you're kind of cultivating an environment where women of all shapes and sizes and yeah. colors are feeling comfortable to like rocket yeah. either in a sports bra or you know yeah. whatever and so I think, you know, people are watching that too. And hopefully yeah. just continue yeah. spread. Cause I think people really are, you know, it's a magnetic attraction to that kind of relatability and realness. Yeah. And I, I think again, like this, this frustration comes out of a place of like people and it's not their fault. They're not able to identify what's real and what's not totally the media. So that's where like that, that fire comes from where I'm trying to like break through with honest, like real, like truly honest stuff and like actually empowering women and not just like saying it cause it's cute, you know? Right. Um, so that's, that's kind of where like that attitude comes from. And I just, I, I feel like there has been a shift for sure where yeah. people are being more honest and our culture is more accepting. I mean, look at Lizzo, you know, she yeah her beautiful body all the time. Like we are definitely trending in the right direction. Um, and it's so refreshing to see. I just, you know, it's with anything fitness or not, you just have to be careful what you're consuming. Yeah, no, for sure. And I feel like, I mean, for myself, when I first started doing like full-time yeah, fitness, like, I don't think I realized that I was like doing any dangerous habits or anything, but that now looking back, like, you know, yeah. felt like I had some pressure to work out a million times a day on top of like classes I was teaching because right. like, you and know, people out. are, right. <laughs> yes, yeah. totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like no one's going to like take my classes if like I don't look a certain way. Yeah. And yeah. Because it's like those were the only like body types that I was seeing on anything. Right. right. And, you know, but also we do have a lot of control over that too. So definitely. definitely. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. So for the sake of time, because I know that you are a busy lady, um, we're going to do a little rapid fire round. Okay. (laughs) No, you'll be fine. They're easy. They're really not anything groundbreaking. (laughs) All right. We'll start easy. Bagels or donuts? Uh, (laughs) Bagels. Okay. Brunch or dinner? Dinner. Wine or cocktails? Wine. Night in or night out? Night in. <laughs> Same. Especially after these COVID times. I never <laughs> want to go out again. Um, cardio or strength workouts? Mm, uh, cardio yeah. with a sprinkle of strength. <laughs> Both. All right. Favorite food? Favorite food? Yeah. Like a food you could just eat over and over and over again for the rest of your life. Same. Um, favorite song to move to right now? I'm so bad. At- <laughs> um, Give me one of your like top 2020. Um, I really love anything Shawn Mendes, which is interesting. Uh, yes. Same. Okay. Dream, <laughs> dream vacation once we're allowed to really vacation again. Oh, I would love to go somewhere in Europe. Mm, same. That's anywhere anywhere in europe yeah <laughs> um okay current either career goal or like a next step for kick it by eliza yeah um current career career goal depending on covid is to <laughs> this is a long one not right. not teach as many in-person classes that i ever was pre-covid but yep. to do maybe like four times a year these awesome big kick it events where everyone can get together Yes. Uh, I love that. Um, okay. Biggest like pinch me moment in your kick it journey. Uh, biggest pinch me moment would have to be 
when I filmed with Pop Sugar in their studio. It was like mm-hmm. being on set of your favorite TV show. It was yes, so-, so cool. And like it's so funny because now looking back, like virtual workouts are now like the thing where before it was like, oh my God, like I'm going to make a virtual workout. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Groundbreaking. (laughs) Um, Biggest like, oh shit moment or like embarrassing thing to like look back on. Uh, Fitness related. Yeah. Um, Biggest oh shit moment. Oh God, this isn't even kick it related, but I was once teaching a class at EBF and mm-hmm. was not prepared at all and messed up the entire workout. It <laughs> was really bad. That's when I knew it was my time to go because I really I wasn't putting care into it anymore. <laughs> right, right. Hey, we've all, go. <laughs> we've all been there. Okay. Um something you wish you could tell 16-year-old Eliza. Uh, not to be so afraid of what you're made of. I love that. Love it. Okay. That's it. Cool. That's all. You survived and you weren't bad at at all. Oh God. I really, I'm just really bad at quick choices. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, me too. Because like, I hate choosing favorites. Yeah. There are too many like different scenarios for everything. Um, okay. So one last little thing to leave it off of any good books podcasts, documentaries, anything at all that you're loving and would recommend? Oof. Uh, I Even really, if it's just for fun. Yeah. Uh, I really love podcasts. Um, well, this, this is kind of maybe a predictable one, but how I built this. Mm-hmm. Uh, NPR is a really great podcast if yep. people have not listened to that. Um, as is Michelle Obama's podcast. She has a great one. So these might be predictable, but they're still really good. Um, and, oh gosh, uh, I'm trying to think there, Netflix is like such a beautiful safe haven right now to to reality. Um, I just finished watching tiny, pretty, no, tiny, pretty things. (laughs) Okay. When I saw the name of it, I was like, how dare they? Make another show that sounds like some combination of Big Little Lies, Pretty Little Liars. So confusing. confusing. (laughs) But Um, it was good. It was good. It was good. I need to try it. Okay, awesome. Well, hype yourself up. Where can everybody find you? Uh, People can find me at Kick It By Eliza on all fronts. So Instagram, website, Facebook, but Instagram is probably the most fun. Easy. All right. Well, thank you so much for chatting. I had so much fun. Always love chatting with you, you know, till next time. Till next time. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Build with Brayback podcast. Stay connected on Instagram at Build with Brayback and our website, www.buildwithbrayback.com. Show a little love by rating and reviewing, sharing with your friends, and of course, subscribing so you don't ever miss an episode. Until next week, keep on building.